The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both you the crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? Welcome to the good Jonesy and Brown podcast. He is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. A lot to talk about today. A lot going on. Feeling good. This week started good. This week started out great with an Eagles victory in Denver. And not just the Eagles victory. Mm-hmm. An Eagles victory where the team looked balanced. They looked sharp. The quarterback was accurate. We used the running game. It it was a actually impressive victory. All right, I, I I'm with you. I was encouraged by that win. I liked mm-hmm. what I saw. I'm ready to see more. I need to see more of that. I have a friend, friend who I talk about. Uh, I I talk with about sports all the time. Mm-hmm. My good friend, you, you, I, I'm sure you've heard me reference him on this show before. My good friend, Nye D. Mm-hmm. Nye D is not a Hurts guy. He's not a believer in Jalen Hurts. I wouldn't necessarily say that I am either. I understand. And, and that being said, I'm telling you that was an impressive game. That was an impressive game. I think I understand the criticism of it. Mm-hmm. But I am under the impression, and I I am under the belief that look, this is this is a marathon and not a sprint. Mm-hmm. I am not going to christen this man the goat. I'm not going to christen this man the guy. I'm not going to call this. You know, he's our starting quarterback. I want to see him succeed, and I need to know whether or not he is the guy or not. We are in a position right now where there isn't a guy clipping at his heels. Mm-hmm. And that being said, because you, so you're not hungry for Minshew. No, Nye D is hungry for Minshew. He's already made the <laughs> case. He's already hit me up like, and he's hit me up with all the classic Philly talk. You know what he said? We need to be playing Minshew because. We need to see what we have. Minshew got moved out in Jacksonville. Minshew couldn't be Minshew couldn't be the backup quarterback in Jacksonville. We that, know what we have. We have a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's what we have. Right. And the back you know how this city works. You know how this fan base works. There, no matter what the no matter what the situation is, no matter what the, the 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 circumstances are, there will always be people in this area who believe that this team's ills can be fixed with a quarterback change. I mean that there's always going to be somebody yeah. who believes that. Yeah, that's 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 the reality of it, and it's funny because I feel like. I feel like I, I'm I'm getting older now, and the more that I am on Twitter, I feel older. 
But this is why I feel older. This is this is why. Because I feel like I've been telling people on Twitter about these narratives and how they've existed for decades. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the people who I've been saying this to the most are now starting to see it because it's just because now they've been through the cycle a couple of times. You you remember Donovan's last year when oh, we yeah. wanted to see when people wanted to, we see, wanted Kevin to see Kevin Cobb. Cobb. So, but here it it started before Cobb. Ace remember when Fury Donovan was, was a, here and we wanted to see more Jer, uh, Jeff, Garcia, Jeff Garcia and we Ace wanted Feely. yeah. And and, and the and the thing is now. Now you are, when you're on Twitter, you're now dealing with fans who are old enough to remember the end of McNabb. You're dealing with fans who are now been through the entire Mike Vick career. Mm-hmm. They've been through Vick. They, they've been through, they've seen the end of McNabb, the rise of Vick, the fall of Vick, the rise of Foles, the fall of Foles, the rise of, uh, well, I don't even know if you want to call it a rise of Sam Bradford, but the tenure of, the, the tenure of Bradford, <laughs> the fall of Bradford, the rise, of the Wentz. rise of Carson Wentz, the, the resurrection, the resurrection of, of Nick Foles, and then the, then, fall, then of the fall of Carson Wentz. And now you're in, You've now seen this before, and people are now starting to realize what I have been saying since I got on Twitter. Like, this does not change. This is this fan base. That is how this fan base works. There will mm-hmm. always be people who believe that, you know what, this team's not winning? Change the quarterback. That's a fair assessment. That does seem to be one of the more popular opinions anytime this team's not winning. Whenever the teams whenever the team struggle, defense giving up 45 points a game, change the quarterback. Can't get decent field position because you got no real punt returner or kick returner, change the quarterback. Got a coach that wants to run 95% of the time, hey, change the quarterback. Defensive line ain't getting no pr- ain't getting no pressure on the quarterback, not getting any sacks, not getting any stops. Change the quarterback. You giving up 250 yards a game on the ground? Change the quarterback. That's how it works. But nonetheless, I feel like, and, and, and there's something that you said when we did the Green Over Everything podcast that kind of stuck with me these last couple of days that I've been thinking about. You talked about how this offense was being run especially when it comes to people's frustrations with this offense at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the season as compared to where this offense has been this last uh, under a month or so. We talked Mm -hmm. you and and I want you to elaborate on that because I, I, it it stuck with me. We talked about how, well, you I'm know, pretty sure you're... I know what you're saying. You're, I'm pretty sure the comment you're referring to was when I said that early in the season, I don't necessarily believe that between the front office and the coaching staff that they were, and I had to be careful in how I said this, but what I said was that I did not believe that their main focus was necessarily winning as much as not that they were tanking, 
which is why I had to be careful because I did never wanted to be get, give the impression that anyone was tanking. Mm-hmm. It was more so that I felt like their number one priority was to see what they had, more so than keep scores close and possibly have a, a shot at a field game winning field goal late in the game or something. It, and it it was that, and it was also something that you had said specifically about the quarterback position and the mindset of this offense. Whereas people were people felt like Nick Sirianni was um, was like just anti-run, mm-hmm. like just absolutely not interested in running the ball. And you had kind of intimated that you thought like in the sense of, you know, the comment that you just made mm-hmm. that in not necessarily focused on winning games, but evaluating the talent that they have on that side yeah. of the ball. That's why mm-hmm. they were throwing the ball so much. That's exactly. why they, you know, that's why you saw so, so much passing from Jalen Hurts to actually see what kind of arm this guy has, what type of accuracy this guy has, what type of progressions this guy can make. Maybe that was what they were doing at the beginning of the season. Exactly. That kind of that, got that's them kind of the feeling. That's kind of the feeling I've gotten based on the, on, on the, on how dramatic the change in the offense has been the last three games. Because it's not like it's been a subtle shift where they started running a little bit more. They almost completely flipped the offense to where they were running, fit, what, 18 times a game maybe. Now they're maybe throwing 18 times a game yeah. and running 40-plus like attempts. Like they're, it, it, it's crazy because we're sitting here – and there's all, there there's a debate going on on how to how to to fairly how to fairly uh evaluate Jalen Hurts. And we talked about Sunday's game. Whereas in the second half, when he made what, three pass attempts? One was mm-hmm. inter- one was interception. One was the interception. One was one was intercepted. One was almost intercepted. Mm-hmm. But to me, it was like okay, that was something that had somebody not had pointed that out to me, I don't think I would have noticed because you saw other you you saw other aspects of the game of Eagles football that was more dominant. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. If after that interception, the defense didn't come up with the fumble that Slay returns for a touchdown, you notice. You definitely notice mm-hmm. if that drop, if that defensive drive for the Eagles turns out differently. If we give up points, even if we give up a field goal and it turns into a four-point game, you notice. Yeah. But because the defense came up big on that possession, you're able to go without paying attention to that interception. And I, th- and I think also because defense came up with a big play. Because I, I, I think, honestly, there were some things about the defense that had me frustrated. There were. It's not like that was just a, such a perfect game that you were just – you know, you you just walk away completely pleased. You're happy with mm-hmm. the outcome. 
you're happy with a road win against a uh, against an AFC team. And what we what I talked about on Sunday, AFC West has cooked us all season long. Raiders beat us, Chargers beat us, Chiefs beat us. Mm-hmm. So you were finally able to get a win against a, uh, a division that was cooking us all season. But I think, you know, we talked about where this defense can move from now. And whether or not people are confident in Jonathan Ganny. And for me, I'm still on the fence, although you have made a very good point about the direction that Gannon wants to take this defense. He wants to trans mm-hmm. he wants to make the transformation from a four three to a three four. Mm-hmm. That takes time. That takes personnel changing. So the question then becomes do you trust if if that is the case, one, do you trust this coordinator? Two, do you trust this front office to get him the horses that he needs to make this possible? The front office does tend to be good at... uh, I was about to say they tend to be good at finding D linemen, but then I thought about um, number 96. Uh I had to... Slow Be careful myself there. down on that. Be careful there. Be careful there. They hit more often than they don't with D with D tackles, especially. Both in front but office granted, and in draft. Us- but those are usually four three D tackles that are smaller pass rusher types. So I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. At this point, it's hard to say that we actually trust this front office to do anything, really. Uh-huh. So. I mean, well, look, I mean, it's whether or not you trust, whether or not you trust this front office. And there are, you know, there are questions. There are questions. And at some, at, you're going to get to this off season. Because that's, for me, that's where I'm looking. Mm-hmm. A playoff run would be nice, but I'm not ready to talk playoffs on a four and six team that hasn't won a home game yet. I can't. I understand where the standings are, where the standings are right now. I understand the game out the wild card. I understand what the schedule says. But to me, that goes to the conversation about this being a marathon and not a sprint. I need, I'm not ready to, you know, there are no gimme games. And this team hasn't proven that they can win a gimme game. They beat the Falcons. They smashed the Lions. Those were the closest to gimme's you had on your schedule this year. Well, I wasn't going to say the 49ers, but the 49ers went went last night. They smashed, uh, they cooked the Rams. 49ers and the Eagles have the same amount of wins at this point. Yeah. They're both four-win teams, middle of the pack in the NFC. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's kind of what the Eagles have shown themselves to be, is an extremely mediocre team. Exactly. They've, okay. 
extremely mediocre. I don't want to talk playoffs team. I don't want to talk playoffs with an extremely mediocre team. Extremely mediocre teams don't warrant playoff conversations. But they, extremely mediocre teams make the playoffs a lot. Yeah. I'm look. Don't get me wrong. I'm not one of these people that are going to act like making the playoffs is a bad thing. Not in football. Mm-hmm. Not in football where you just need one win. You put it together. You know. You put it together. You get. You get. A, you know. You get a win. You keep on moving. It's not like baseball, bas- basketball, or baseball where it's a series. You got to string together three, four wins. One game. All you got to do is get there and then win one game. Exactly. You ever see Little Giants? You ever, you see, ever little... see the NFL Giants? No. Of course I saw them. But you ever see the movie I mean, Little Giants? Were... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen it. You remember the speech that Rick Moranis gave the kids in the, in the locker room? Doesn't matter how many times you get beat. All it takes is one time. He talks about how he's playing his brother, and he's talking about it. He's like, look, my brother used to kick my butt every week. But just one time, I beat him. Mm-hmm. And that's all you need. You need one time. But see, I'm talking about the NFL football giants because Why they snuck into the playoffs twice at 9-7. and seven. And won it all. And one of those times, they won it all. Against an undefeated 18-0 Patriots team that had beat them previously in the regular season, that is true. but on that on that day in February, they when they needed one win, they got it. So maybe they watched Little Giants before that before <laughs> before the uh, for the Super Bowl. Also, I have to ask, completely irrelevant to everything in life. Oh boy! What kind of name for a team is Little Giants? Think about that. What's a little giant? Shouldn't they just be the normal size people? I don't know. If you're a little giant, aren't you regular size? Or slightly large, maybe? See, know what you are? You're the kind of dude that ruins movies for kids, man. (laughs) I am. That is. You're the kind of dude you can't... Man, Mm -hmm. you ruin... Look, man. Little giants. Kids like it. I liked it. It fit what I was going. Now we got to move on because I because we got to guess weight. Oh, we got we, we got to guess. Oh, weight. see, I'm ex- I'm excited for this. I am excited for this too, man. I'm excited. What been wanting to talk basketball with this brother for a minute. Mm-hmm. Ain't, ain't saw him in a while. You know, through through the Twitter streets, I talk to him every day. You know, on Twitter, I talk to him every day, but I haven't seen him in a minute. So when you said he was coming on the show, I'm like, oh, all right. Oh, we gonna talk today. Oh, 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 we gonna rap rap I mean, today. I mean, let's let, let's go ahead and let the people know because you texted me and said we need someone to talk basketball. With. Yeah, look, look we, and, we have our go to Sixers guests, and, and they're good and people. You know me, and but you know me, I I'm a basketball purist, and a bit of a basketball snob. So I don't actually really even like. You a bit of a basketball snob. Okay, I'm a big-time basketball star. Exactly, exactly. So I don't actually like talking basketball with most people. Uh So when you said we need somebody to talk basketball with, Uh I'm going through my mind thinking, who would I actually enjoy talking basketball with? Someone who knows the game well enough that I will actually agree or disagree 
I know I can enjoy the conversation and will respect this their opinion. Uh-huh. This was the first person that came to mind. And to his credit, he responded without hesitation that he would come on and join us. So I'm excited for this conversation. All right, just, just so you know, I got my phone in my hand right now. So when you send me the text, it says, hang up on dude. I got you. I'm, 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 re- I'm, I'm prepared. I'm prepared. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest this week from 97.5, the fanatic, Mr. Tyrone Johnson. Tyrone, you, don't you, are y'all doing Sixers Outsiders tonight? I know the Sixers play tonight. Is that tonight? Nah. No, no, we're not because West Coast game, West not Coast till game. 10 o'clock starts, oh. so we wouldn't be on till 1 in the morning. So, no, oh. no. So, the West Coast trip, we actually take all these games off. Oh, okay. Okay, so a little extra free time for you this week. Okay. For sure, pre- yeah. Appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you coming on the rap with us. Talk some Sixers with us. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Well, look, let's, let's, let's start at the beginning. The, the, the big story. Mm-hmm. Number 25 ain't here. Look like he ain't going to be here. No. No. The, a lot of debate where where the blame lies. Does it lie with the player? Mm-hmm. Does it lie with the front office? Does mm-hmm. it lie with the coach? Where you? Where do you stand? Is this all uh, on the, Ben? The, it's 95% on Ben for this reason. Um, if Ben was offended by what Doc Rivers or Joel Embiid said, fine. I mean, I don't think they went too far, but if you're if they're offended in some way, he's offended in some way, fine. Um, but at some point over the summer, the, over the offseason, he should have taken some inventory into himself. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, he just has not been mature enough. And this is outside of any mental health issues because we have to take everything sort of in order. You said in the beginning. Um, immediately, it was... Doc Rivers was the reason he wanted to not be in Philadelphia. And that's what Clutch told his media people. You can always tell um, Clutch is a powerful agency. When you hear mm-hmm. stuff from the player and you're not hearing it from the player and you don't hear them talking, saying it's true or untrue, that's because they're saying it. They're telling their media people that. So initially it was Doc Rivers. And people were somewhat sympathetic at first. Mm-hmm. Then it was Joel Embiid. And it went, well, you sure it was Embiid? Because part of Embiid's problem is you not really playing offense. Then it was Philadelphia fans, and nobody was okay with that. Mm-hmm. Then it was, I want my own team, and now, and then it was mentally ready to play. And then finally, it was mental health issue. Um, it seems like everybody's to blame except for Ben Simmons and the fact that he hasn't been able to take mm-hmm. any. Joel B has said out loud, even when he talked about that situation, his own turnovers. He talked about Thibault's missing a foul shot for him. He talked about a lot of Thibault fouling somebody. He talked about a lot of things. Doc Rivers has talked about different things. He needs to do better. The only person who seems to be blaming everyone else and not themselves at all is Ben Simmons. And that's kind of where this begins and ends for me because he's willing to say, B did this, Doc did that, everybody did something. But him, no, no, it starts with you. You're the one that took four shots, five, uh, five shots, four shots. You took 14 shots in like the last three games of a, a playoff series. Mm-hmm. That's him. And I think he has to recognize that that's the biggest problem. If you want to be mad about logistics and little nitpicky things, fine. The bottom line is he chose, for whatever reason, not to participate on offense. And then other people noticed. And you can't be mad at somebody noticing something that you do and not address the thing that you did. Wait, I, oh. I, I, okay. Okay, so with that being said, now, a couple months ago, right at the start of the season, 
we did a show. We had Adele Royster on, from Liberty Ballers on, as well as Javon mm-hmm. Alford from um, DK Nation. We were like, having a kind of panel discussion about the Ben Simmons situation. And at that point, we kind of had a consensus that we felt like he was getting bad advice from Clutch. As things moved on, you start to hear he's kind of gone rogue from Clutch and it's his brother advising him. And then you start to hear maybe it is Clutch getting it with their hands and things. Where exactly are we with that? Do we know who it is that is advising Ben Simmons at this point? I think that the situation is um, the initial... The initial thoughts were correct. Many people have told me off the record that that know things that the only thing apparently Clutch promised Ben Simmons is that they would get him traded. They didn't give a timeline of who gets you traded by the beginning of the season. They told him they would get him traded. He would not. They also apparently were honest with him, and he did not have the clout to where he could pick the city because at first it was saying I'll play for anybody but Philadelphia. Then it comes out that he wants to be on any California team and this that. Apparently Clutch never agreed to that, and. They said we'll get you traded, and I, I'm I was I was told they told him he should be at media day, being professional because that would help uh, hasten the trade. Mm. Ben Simmons decided that he wanted to be done by the season because he said so because he's a person who is not used to being told no. Mm. Now as this lingers, now mm. even though this mess that Ben created now starts to get on clutch because people don't just talk about Ben Simmons. It's Ben Simmons and clutch sports. It's Ben Simmons and and poor Paul, as I call him. It's anybody mm-hmm. but it's not just Ben anymore. And now I think you're seeing a damage control situation. But I believe that at the end of the day, he not. Li- I don't think he's listening to anyone. I don't think he's listening to his family either. I think Ben Simmons has made a decision. Ben Simmons is a person who is not used to people telling him no, mm-hmm. which is disappointing as a grown man. Like, come on. Yeah. And now we are where we are. Well, even in, when we when we talk about the transition of this conversation from his play on the court to how he conducts himself professionally. Something that I pointed out in conversations with Jonesy was I felt like this was the first time in Ben's career that he is faced with the reality that this team did not win because of him. There were times in the past, like you could could talk about maybe high school or college. You could talk about not making the NCAA tournament in college. But it's like you know, you knew from day one that college was not the end for Ben Simmons. So it's like, yep. okay, they don't make the tournament. You know what? That sucks. But you know, you knew he was going to the pros. Now he is mm-hmm. in the pros, and he is in a situation where it's like, you know what? Yeah, of course we we can make a case for a whole bunch of different factors as to why the Sixers did not beat Atlanta. But the mm-hmm. most glaring one was the fact that the point guard. You watched him out and out refuse to bring the ball up in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Refuse to take a single shot in refuse what, three, take, four straight fourth quarters? Refuse to take a mm-hmm. shot. Refuse to even yep. touch the ball. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've never seen a team have their center bring the ball up the court as much as I watched the Philadelphia 76ers. Right. And, mm-hmm. and to that point, that's where Ben has to recognize that he, in another city maybe that didn't understand the game of basketball, they would just look at Joel Embiid's turnovers and just the box score and say it's Embiid's fault. Yeah. But we know enough about the game to know in some of those spots, Embiid shouldn't have had the ball. The point guard should go get the basketball. When he's trying to break mm-hmm. Gallinari down, so now he's thinking, I got to get to the foul line because the way the game's going, I got to get fouled at this situation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jump shots aren't working. I need to break this guy down off the dribble, Gallinari, get in the paint, 
and get get and hopefully get fouled. The problem is Gallinari, he shouldn't be having to break it down. That should be the point guard breaking it down and getting him an easy look and getting him a dunk in which they, they rotate and they foul him. And we recognize that. We recognize that a lot of those turnovers, it's not that it's okay for Embiid to turn it over. It's that Embiid shouldn't even be in that position to have the ball to possibly turn it over. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he expected that part because he even talked about the turnovers and he leaked that out. And no one in Philadelphia, because we're a smart basketball town, Nobody bought it. Bought Maybe that. in another city, yeah. they might have bought it. Maybe in Miami, Sacramento. There might have yeah. been places where they would have said, yeah, look at the box score. Here goes turnovers. <laughs> you hear that once every 100 people. For the most part, we know, hold on. Uh. This guy didn't play basketball. And that's the reason that they lost. And I, I didn't love everything Doc Rivers did, but then I have to look at it. He also was the one who had to coach four on five. Mm. Like he, and He's at a severe disadvantage. Severe. So is he making these decisions thinking I have to protect from this guy? Because Atlanta, they're not a great team. We're seeing this year they're not a great team. And the Sixers were better than them last season. But we're knowing that McMillan was able to say no matter who comes in the game, they're willing to get a bucket. They're willing to try to get a bucket. And they did. And in the Sixers case, Ben Simmons is playing over 35 minutes. It's obviously a 48-minute game. So outside of 12 minutes a game, he's four on five. All the time. Yep. I don't know what it's like. To, and, and there's no other player like that in the whole league. No. There's other players that would fail. There's no other player like that where if you put him in the game, in the playoffs for seven games, you just know. would decide not to try yeah. offensively. It's just unreal. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that at any level, honestly. <laughs> not, nope, not even middle school. Not high school. Nowhere. So, so at this like, point now, like, now, what's the next play? What can Ben Simmons do? He, uh, there's no way he plays for the Sixers again, right? No way, no way, um, no way. I think the next play for him is he's going to have to find a doctor who is willing to share with the Sixers a reason as to why he can't be with the team. The Sixers, I believe, um, December 15th, there's a whole bunch of players who would be available to be traded for Ben Simmons possibly, players that were signed this past offseason. They're not eligible to be traded until December 15th. The expectation would likely be, if you're trading for Ben Simmons, is for him to play basketball immediately. So I believe the biggest reason the Sixers want him to ramp up is not to play for them, to be ready to play so that when they make that trade, that team says, no, 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 he's not playing for us right now. But tomorrow, if you trade it for him, he could play for you. Right now, because he has not been doing any basketball activity, we know he doesn't know how to work out on his own. Because if he did, he would be a better basketball player. He's been working out on his own forever. The reason his, his, he doesn't shoot is because he works out on his own. They're going to need to be able to verify to another team because you don't want to burn a bridge with a general manager and burn them and then have to make another deal. You yeah. saw just what happened with the Harden trade last year. The bad blood between the owners in Houston and Maury led to Harden going to the Nets instead of the Sixers most likely. Yeah. So you can't afford to do that. Whenever they trade Ben Simmons, they have to be able to, that new team has to be getting a player who's ready to play. I think Simmons really thinks once he's traded, the other team's going to be able to, with him taking two, three weeks a month to ramp up to play basketball. And the Sixers are like, no, we're not having it. And unless they get a doctor's note, he's not going to get another dime from the Sixers. They're so, not playing with them. So my question, so my question is, and as as we then turn this back on to Clutch Sports, why are they not communicating this with them? Is this on Ben or is this on Clutch? Where it's like that makes sense. What you just said makes sense. And if I'm Clutch Sports and you break it down to me like that, I'm like, okay, I can go to Ben. And we're good. Like, hey, this team is going to trade us. We're going to be out of here. We just need you on day one. And the thing is, I feel like that's clutch sports. 
you need to break that down so Ben understands. Because there's no way Philly, as smart as a fan base as we are, we're going to be cool with the fact that as soon as we trade this dude, he's playing. <laughs> Very right. next day, he comes out and he just looks fine. And it, all my mental health issues are gone. All now, those, you know, all, there's no way, there's no way we gonna be good with that. But nonetheless, you know hey, that's not your fan base anymore. So you, you know, you can brush that off. But why? Who do you? Whose fault is that? That this, I feel like what you just said makes sense, but yet this is not being communicated, and this is still a mess. I believe that this is uh, being communicated. I believe poor Paul did a bad job, though. Um, he had been silent throughout this. I think he felt the need to speak out because of, I don't know, he felt the need to speak out, and he did it very clumsily at best. Um, first of all, uh, we have to acknowledge the reality when it comes to this mental health situation is that the fan base, I'm not going to call Ben Simmons a liar. If he's saying that he has mental health issues, yeah. I'm going to say, okay, I believe you because this is a serious situation. But what if it's not true? That's a dirty thing that'll follow him a lot of places because mm. like no city's going to be okay with that part of it. Okay, you don't want to be in Philadelphia, any city that he goes, whether it's from Milwaukee, Miami, you name anywhere. I mean, not that he would go to those mm. teams. Every other city could understand an unhappy player. As long as you play well for us, we're good with it. Mm. That mental health thing, now that that's at the forefront in all of our society, and that's a good thing, especially as black men, just as we can say as an aside, yeah. we have not been dealing with that for for centuries. Yep. And now it's finally to the point where we're allowed to talk about that, talk about being vulnerable and stuff like that. If he's playing with that, that's dirty. And no one's going to like that. So that's step number one. Uh-huh. Um, so that's where it was sloppy. Because the bottom line is if there was a note from a doctor that said he had a mental health issue, the Sixers would have to pay him and would not be able to ask him to watch film or anything. He has not provided that note. So the question becomes, and this is why the Sixers are finding him for this road trip and they're going to continue to find him, why haven't they gotten that note? And I think Clutch was trying to almost do a bully move to say, see, why won't you pay him like John Wall? Because I don't think they, I think they know that that doctor's note that would be required, but it would be the same thing. If I said, if if, if Embiid said to the Sixers, yeah, I got a torn ACL, um, you got to pay me. The Sixers would say, okay, um, you don't have to see our doctor, but do you have a doctor with like an MRI that would show the, tor- the torn ACL? Mm-hmm. And if Embiid was like, no, they wouldn't pay him either. They- they're treating it like an injury, and that's a good thing. That's evolution. Mm-hmm. It used to be if you had a mental health, they tell you to shut up and just get out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Now we've evolved to the point where it's real. All he needs is a diagnosis, and it hasn't come. And I don't think it is coming, and I think Clutch did that to try to, as a Hail Mary, because I think the Sixers told him, I, I know the Sixers told him, and it comes out afterwards, we're not playing with y'all. We're not going to pay you unless we get some proof that he actually is mentally unable to play. And a doctor does not, by the way, the doctor does not have to say what Ben Simmons' problem is. The doctor would not have to say when he would return. All the doctor would have to say is from speaking with Ben Simmons or diagnosing him, I believe he's unable to participate in basketball activities. And the Sixers would just have to pay him just like any other injured player. Why hasn't that note come? I think that was a Hail Mary from Clutch. Now, to that respect, now, if I were to have heard Ben Simmons come out a week or two weeks after the playoffs ended and say, I have a mental health issue, I need to deal with that, that was what was affecting my my performance on the court, I think we all would have believed him. And we'd go, Okay, Ben, go get it dealt with. We love you. Come on back. We'll, we'll be ready for you whenever you're ready. But to go through all the other reasons first, and then pull this one the out at the get end. Here. Yeah, how we got it's, here. It puts me in a position where it, my wife works 
with people who have mental challenges. Mm -hmm. So I definitely know that is something that is real and should be taken seriously. And that being said, I'm sitting here in a position where I have to question whether he's being honest about that. And at that point, it, I and I was one of the ones early on when it, when it first started, Ben saying, I was like, oh, they can work this out. They can bring them back. Yeah. The further it went, like now it's like Ben's never playing in the city again. And at this point, I'm not sure how many other GMs are going to want to deal with it. That's really where I get, like, start to have concerns is, GMs on the outside looking in are seeing all of this, too. That's fair. The good thing is, unlike NFL GMs that are very measured, NBA GMs are impulsive because they're always worried about, can I get this player and do something right now? If mm-hmm. the noise would get quiet, and this is where all Ben Simmons would have had to do is come in, watch film, lift weights, do the shoot-arounds so that he'd be basketball ready, the noise would drop, and then you get somebody who would forget because people forget. They forget all the time. And then they would say, okay, we'll do it because I can't win as is. Because we're, we're getting, like, believe it or not, we're all, at the end of the Sixers road trip, they'll be 23% through the season if that does anything for you. So it's early, but it's not. And it gets late really early in the NBA. And some of these guys figure, if I don't make this move, I'm going to be out of my job anyway. It's worth it. And if I get fired, it's the next GM's problem. That's what Ben Simmons needs. And there's going to be somebody else unhappy along the way. You just have to wait for it to wait for it, wait it out. And this is another reason why Simmons should have kept himself ready so that today, obviously, best case scenario would be Dame Lillard or somebody saying, I'm unhappy. I want out. They're a good team. Ben Simmons looks pretty good as a consolation prize. He doesn't look so good. He looks terrible right now as a main course. It's, mm. it's something where if you ask out your main girl to the prom and she's a 10, all of a sudden, and then you're going to be alone at the prom, a six and a half is all right at that point. Not a 10, mm-hmm. but you're happy with that six and a half. Simmons has to just make sure he stays at a six and a half because the way he's acting now, it's worse. And I don't think he understands that. But again, I think this is a person who's not used to being told no in his life. And now the Sixers are actually doing the right thing and telling him no. He has four years left on his contract. Mm -hmm. Like people got mad at Anthony Davis when he had a year and a half left. A year and a half left. He has four years left. Were the Sixers supposed to just say, sure, Ben, we'll just accommodate you and get nothing back in return? Think about the precedence that sets not just with the Sixers, not just with the league, but with the Sixers. What happens if Joel Embiid plays this out and says, you know what, I got four years left because he just signed a new deal. Mm -hmm. He goes, I got four years left. You know what, I want out for nothing. You cannot – he has to be smarter than this, and I know he was told this, but I think he thinks I'm Ben Simmons and I'm going to get my way, and it's troubling – how much he hasn't been able to humble himself. You, all three of us have failed in our life in some way, shape, or form. We have not always been perfect. We are, And that's all right. That's what makes you what you are. It's shocking how unable he's able to deal with his failure. It's mm. unbelievable. I, 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 oh, I so, go ahead, man. With that, oh, on, actually, on Mikey Miss show, you and Mike, you, Mike Messinelli, great show. And there's a reason you all have had the spot you have in Philly radio for as long as you had. But it'd be okay, better if they so had once, us on the show every now and then. But, you know, <laughs> that's a whole other story. That's not up to me. <laughs> nah, <I'd say. laughs> but but you all had Daryl Morey on not too long ago, and in mm-hmm. that conversation, he made the point that he's willing to be in this for the long haul, and this could take years if necessary. How believable is that? Years plural. Um, not believable. Year, it is. Because if he continues to sit out, 
what they're going to do is they'll end up going to the court and they'll have to decide whether or not that year vests or not for Ben Simmons. They'll, I think they'll do it for a year. Mm -hmm. I don't, they won't do it for four years, but I think there's a chance that Ben Simmons doesn't play all year. And then this summer they go to court yeah. and then the court has to decide, does he have three years left on his deal or four years? Mm -hmm. And does he still own the Sixers routes for that long? That's another reason why I know Clutch said, go to media day, go to start the clock. The mm -hmm. clock hasn't really started this year. He hasn't participated, got thrown out of practice. And that means that literally a year of his life, of his career, and no day's promised. You know tomorrow's not even promised. Mm -hmm. It's just flushed down the toilet. But So I do believe a, one year is possible. Four years is impossible. But a year, possible. That's it, could have, it could last all year. Yeah. Uh, Jim Lynham, Coach Lynham, talked about this on uh, Sixers Post last week. Talked about he felt like both sides – the Sixers and Clutch Sports are kind of building towards that inevitable arbitration hearing, that this is going to have yep. to go before Arbiter and that they're going to have to sort this out. And, you know, this is Clutch Sports kind of basically getting their ducks in a row. I'm not quite sure what type of, like, if what has to happen for Clutch Sports to win this case, in your opinion? Likely what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to look at Houston's situation and the thunder with Al Horford where they were willing to pay guys to not play. And they're going to have to say, well, if a team can do it, a player can do it. The problem with that is if that becomes the case, then now no contracts mean anything and everybody's on a one-year deal. And that's why I think it's a stretch. But their best bet would be, and I think that's why he brought up the John Wallace. See, John Wall didn't play. His year, he'll get paid. His year will count. Even if he doesn't play all year, his year will count. He'll get paid, and then um, and then he'll move on with his life, or he'll or, or in their scenario, he could opt into his player's option, and they have to pay him for another year. But we'll find out. And then Al Horford sat. The difference is though, in both cases, the players agreed, so it was mutual. The Sixers thing is not mutual. The Sixers are saying out loud, "Ben, we want you to play." Ben is saying, "No, I don't want to play." So it's different already. But I think that's their path is to say, "See if owners can do it, players should be able to do it." And I, I just don't think that's going to hold up. I think, And I think that's going to be a big L for clutch sports, and it will hurt their standing in the league with these young guys because nobody wants to deal with somebody who's doing sloppy business. And this is where poor Paul has to do a better job. Uh, Maverick Carter's killing the game. LeBron is LeBron. You, sir, you must do a good job. Like, you know, he got it to the certain point. I saw now they're number 13 among agencies as far as total contracts at this point. A couple guys in the NFL now is starting to branch out. They hired a proper attorney female black attorney to help that out but they're not a finished product yet and i think this is a more experienced agent would have done a better job with this and would have said some more uncomfortable things to ben simmons perhaps in a way that would have made him pull away cry whatever but i think he might be the type of guy that needs to cry a little bit and understand because the let me give you an example why did he go to wimbledon if he was setting up a mental health case I'm not saying don't go I, see a girl. I'm saying go to England. Why go to yeah, Wimbledon? I'll make the public, public appearance at the yeah. center court in the stands. You know you're going to be on TV with your famous girlfriend. Like, right do whatever you want. It made, no, but, it made no sense to do that, though. Right. Like, go see her. If that's your girl, absolutely. In all season, you should go see her. You should buy a new house. You're making a lot of money. Yep. You should do all that. But the public appearances, knowing that your ace in the hole, I guess, was a mental health case, it just doesn't make sense. And what he doesn't realize is, People are not going to be playing about this anywhere. Not that part. Mental health thing, everybody's going to take seriously. Yep. Okay. 
So, I guess then we have to look at it. All right. So, with that, if it goes to arbitration, Rich Paul, they try to make the case that Houston paid players, things like that. I'm looking at that and I'm hearing, I'm, first thing that pops in my head is there's no way that works because basic contract law, both sides have to offer consideration for it to be a legal contract. The friend, like so, the, the the consideration the team offers is that he is that enormous salary, in in both the the case of John Wall and Horford, the team met their their duty of consideration, and th- and they agreed that the player didn't have to play. In this case. If the player is not offering what he was supposed to offer, he's basically seems like he's breaching his contract and he has no case at all. It really seems like his only option or his best option should just be show up, do what you have to do until they can get you out of here. The course he's going just, it seems insane. It it does it seems like there's no real guidance to this. And I don't understand how this could be good for anyone. Ben Simmons, Clutch, the Sixers, it just seems bad for everybody. It is, and to that point, um yesterday a St. Joe student, uh, a student just posted uh, took a picture of Ben Simmons time stamped and posted it online. And apparently he's mm-hmm. going to work out. So let me get this straight. We know he owns two homes. We know for a fact. Mm-hmm. The Center City home and the Morristown, New Jersey home. God bless him. My point is, the, the Sixers practice facility to where he would get credit for working out is closer to both the Center City house than St. Joe's with all that traffic and closer to the Morristown house. So wherever he is, this, the practice facility would be closer, and yet he goes all the way to St. Joe's. That just seems like intentional defiance, intentional mm-hmm. And, and he'll use that argument, oh, I'm ready to play. But the Sixers can't verify. Only thing we know is a still picture that was timestamped that he went to a gym. We don't know what the heck he did in the gym, but, he was but if at he's at St. the facility, yeah. right, if he's at the facility, which is closer to both houses, like we all know that drive from Center City to St. Joe's takes forever. Center yeah. City to Camden, there's no time at all. Like, more you shoot across the bridge and you're good. <laughs> right. It, it, so the fact that he's doing that and that's even out there, Come on, it, it, I I think he's on a bit of a I don't want, he's and he's on a mission a self destructive mission it seems like, and that's where I'm starting to really I actually do believe the mental health situation, and I'm not trying to insult him, it what he's doing doesn't make sense otherwise. Now it might not be mm-hmm. the thing he's talking about. I'm saying if he's not going through something extreme mentally, how he's acting doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense otherwise unless he's going through something real. With something you know, the rumors with his sister that was a, a, a nasty thing, um, with his brother being accused like that's a nasty thing yeah. that would affect a lot of people. Now, again, he would have won a lot of points to your point, Jonesy. Mm-hmm. Had he just said that after the season, the stuff going on in my life affected me, everyone would have forgave him and said, All right, just come back with a jump shot and we're good. And no one would have, mm-hmm. really, we were all forgotten about it. Everyone would have forgave him and everyone would have given him space. He would have right. gotten we space. Wouldn't have, we wouldn't have pried for details, you know, exactly. Because, uh, we understand. That's you know, serious right. stuff. Do what you got to do. And that was a conversation Jonesy and I had at the very end of the season. Where it's like, we, we talked about that story and how little t- 
talk there was about it when it came out. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, there were other people, like Jonesy and I kind of talked about it publicly on Twitter. And there mm-hmm. were people DMing me like, like, yo, what are you talking about? Like, I've I've never heard this story before. And I'm like, yeah, it's out there. You know, this this is a story that's out there. You know, I, you know, I'm I'm not sure, Jonesy. I'm not sure if you do, but I I follow Ben Simmons' sister on on, on Twitter, yeah. and for a period of time, she talked about it every day. Like every this, day. this is true. This is my story. This is my truth. This is what happened. This is what my family, mm-hmm. and this is every day. And this is during the regular season. So I'm sitting here at this point. Yes, we're talking about Ben Simmons' mental health. I'm sitting here like I was worried about his mental health thing. Mm-hmm. If Absolutely. Because if mm-hmm. I'm trying to work and my this family drama is just out there on Front Street, you know, I was worried then. But then, Absolutely. But then when, when the offseason came, I kind of like, okay, season's over. I personally was ready to just give, hey, you know, like Ben doesn't answer to me, you know, <laughs> you know, it is what it is, but you know, you take that time, but now you're watching where things go and you see his, you're seeing the direction that this is going. And it's hard to say that he's really taking the time to really address these issues. If they're being addressed, how are they being addressed? Cause it all like, you know, Ty, like you said, this all seems crazy. Yeah. And, um, I know they said he'd been seeing somebody but with since the summer, but this is the thing about taking the European trips and stuff. I know we can do stuff over Zoom, but if you have a situation that serious, um, are you keeping the same schedule with your mental health professionals when you're traveling the world the way that you're doing? Time zone to time zone. I mean, think about if you have an L.A. doctor and then you're in London. Just the time zone low. Are you able to link up and have those weekly regular sessions to really do the mental work and with that story i came away with two different either it was true and then that's heartbreaking crushing with say anyone down spiral or it's not true and then what is so wrong in that family in that situation to where someone feel the need to make something that like that up so both of them to me were extreme and had he been honest enough and this is where i think some of it has to do with just being an adult you don't have to tell people all of your business like right as a public figure but when you become a public figure, you do have to tell them some of your business. It's un- it's the trade off to- for that large amount of money. Yeah. Unfortunately, like and and I think he's really we know that from the documentary. He likes to control his narrative so much yeah. and show the cars and show this that and the and the houses and stuff. No, no, no. You're still we know you're a human being. Yeah. It would have been cool. Everyone would have accepted it, like you guys have said. So it's just troubling to me if that did shake him up and everyone would understand if it did. Did you do the proper mental work on your own? Forget basketball for your life, for you to get yourself together from that, because all of us would probably need to talk to somebody if that was happening in our families. Yeah, I don't know if he did because he's, he's doing everything else other than that. You're traveling international. Like, are you sitting down working on yourself and working through your problems because you're a professional who makes 30 some million and all of us would need to work through it. All of us should work through it, but we would have to go to work. Yeah. I'd just rather would hear him come out and say, I have things I need to work on than be posting pictures of the menu for his birthday party yeah. a couple days after the playoffs. Like, where is your focus? Are we focused on getting improving as a player? Are we focused on improving as a person? Or are we just focused on enjoying this lifestyle? Right. Because if our, if our focus is lifestyle in California, Hollywood, 
dating the Jenners and all that stuff, then what good are you really? And and you see it with other people. You see it with the other top stars. We know we look how much we know about uh, the Currys, for example. Mm. Um, I don't think we know everything about Steph Curry. But we know stuff. We yeah. know about the mm-hmm. wife. and the, Like, we know, like, unfortunately, you give up a part, even in B, who's a private person. We know mm-hmm. about him being it down the shore with the baby. or yeah. Like, you give up a certain amount. And I think Simmons has been so protective of it. In addition to not being told no, he just wants to control, it seems like, everything. And it's just a, a sign of immaturity, in my opinion, that he doesn't recognize that he can't control this. Yeah. It's like a submarine thing where both people have to turn the key and the Sixers are not going to turn the key unless you do what you're supposed to do. And you know what? They shouldn't. I mean, even though it stinks right now that they're shorthanded without them, they can't just cave to a bench. They can't. Like, it would be detrimental to the league, to the organization, to the fan base. It would be detrimental to pretty much everyone but Ben Simmons if they were to cave to Ben Simmons. Now, Sixers went on a uh, – kind of went on a skid. Not, not even kind of. They went on a skid with this whole COVID mm-hmm. thing. Had a cold, bunch of, you know – Simmons out, Simmons. Harris missed games, Thibel missed games, B missed games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But before they were pl- they were playing a good brand of basketball, an entertaining mm-hmm. brand of basketball. How they were much- at eight and two at one point? Eight I believe. and two. Yep. Eight and two at one mm-hmm. point. Best record mm-hmm. in uh, best record in the East. Yep. How, what does that play into it? You're you're Ben Simmons. You want out. You're watching this team ball without you. Not only are they winning, they're having fun winning. They were eight and two. They could easily have been nine and one because that yep. Brooklyn game was garbage. And, mm-hmm. I'll, and I'll throw this out there with everyone and beat all those guys on the court. They're playing a very good brand of basketball. Sharing yes. the ball. It, these aren't lucky wins. They're playing good yeah. basketball. Uh, those five, the, uh, the the actual starting five, the minus Ben, swapping out Ben for Maxi, starting five with Curry, Danny mm-hmm. Green, and all of them. That starting five is the, uh, has the highest efficiency rating in the NBA, where they take your minutes and your mm-hmm. plus minus. They had they they were the best starting. So they were the best starting five last year with Ben. They're best starting five this year without Ben. Obviously, and B being the common denominator, something Ben I don't think ever wanted to recognize, and still doesn't want to mm-hmm. recognize. But what it did was the Sixers aren't desperate. If they start two and eight, maybe they go make a bad deal because they're desperate. Eight and two, and now they know why they're losing. All four, they've lost four in a row going into the Utah game. All four without and beat. So the Sixers are not going to panic because they're losing because they know they're losing because the big man's out. And by starting eight and two, it took away all the pop. There was probably a slither in his mind that they're going to come out. They're going to stink without me. And then they're going to need to trade me because they're going to need reinforcement. Once they start eight and two and they see it's not a phony eight and two, they go, because even in the next game, okay, they lost that game, but they were in that game literally to the last minute of the game. Yep. So the, mm-hmm. they lost. The next game was the only lopsided game in, out of all of them. Yep. So they come away thinking, you know what? We're a good basketball team. We're not going to win a title. They know that. But we're not going to be a joke. We're a good basketball team without them. That's more reason to not give them away. We need a real piece that can help us win because, yep. if, because if we trade them for role players, we're the same. Exactly. We're just a good team that can't win. So really, it, it crippled. His actual play by them starting good, his play of, oh, they're going to need me. They're desperate. I bet you, and I bet you with his ego, he really thought they were going to start two and eight without him. I truly believe he thought that. I can see that. Absolutely. I can see that. Yeah, now he sees no. I can see that too. And and honestly, you know, you you think about the deal, what they can make. You hear people talking about, oh, they, you know, Maury should have traded Simmons a long time ago. Like, trade him away for who? 
You're hearing Jalen Brown talk now. You know how real is that? How real is the Jalen Brown discussion? Uh, apparently, right now, that's um, that's not real for this reason. Um, the, the issue up there is there's they a lot of people think that Brown and Tatum are too similar, and that happens sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. It actually happened with Miami that first year. Wade, LeBron, and Bosh all basically want to catch the ball in the same spot, and that's why it took a year, year two. Bosh had to end up shooting more threes. And then still there was a lot of conflict between Wade and LeBron about wanting and, the ball. And they, Wade had to learn how to move off the ball, become right. a little bit better jump shooter. All, yeah, right. all those things that, had to happen. Right. right. That's the ultimate example that everybody would know. There's a lot of people who think that Brown and Tatum are too similar and they want the ball in the same spots because neither one of them, they're both basically threes. They have to play together, two, three. And, and, and I know wings, it's interchangeable, but not really, especially when you don't have a lights-out point guard who put you in the right spots. And now that Marcus Smart's the main point guard, he's not the guy that always gets guy. He does a ton of, of good things for them. He's a he's defensive not, player. Defensive right. smart player, but he's not, not a true creator. Not, not necessarily right. the guy you want to run your offense through. Right. And for that reason, um, there's an issue of, are they too similar? The problem is, Ben Simmons, the fan, right now, is a hard sell. Because the Celtics have lost, but they're not terrible. They're 500. Mm-hmm. So what you need is one of them two guys to sign. You know what? It's him or me. And at that point, Ben Simmons, again, if you're desperate, looks a lot better. Or you need a situation where they start losing to a point where they think it's not salvageable. And at that moment when those rumors were happening, they were a couple games under 500. Marcus Smart's talking about how they need to pass at the press conference. But winning suits things. They win a couple games, and then they, they pull it back. And also, there's no rush. Why do it now? Get closer, have time go on. And I do think there's a possibility there because I do think – they also don't play any defense up there. It, I, it makes it, it actually does make sense even on the Boston side. Even though I'm, obviously I would love Jalen Brown because he he's a wing you can throw the ball to, that, and they don't have a wing right now that they can throw the ball to late in the game and get a bucket. Um, I do think there's things he would do that would help uh, Boston. But the problem is Boston's not going to be any friendlier to him than Philadelphia was, and if he's the same. Maybe Boston will take him, and maybe they'll like him in the regular season. But you, we know how that story ends with Ben Simmons as this. Unless he's better, you're losing in the second round. And Boston will be just as unkind to him as Philadelphia. And I, I hope he recognizes that. I think he really thinks in somewhere else the problems will just go away. No, no, no. The problem is him. And unless he changes, that problem's going to follow him. At first, it'll all look pretty. Look how good the regular seasons look with the Sixers. But we know how this ends. Yep. No, you're right. And uh, I think sometimes that kind of falls into, and, and you see it with you see it with sports, you see it with athletes, you see it with people who cover the sports, who cover the athletes. I think mm-hmm. you, you, we all know the low hanging fruit when it's Philly. All oh, the fans mm-hmm. are so crazy. All oh, the fans, you know, yada yada yada. And when the reality is, you know, crazy fans are universal. You go up and down ninety five. You start in Boston, go all the way down to DC. You turn on sports radio, you gonna hear that. You know, you gonna hear that crazy talk. Whether mm-hmm. no, no matter the what the team thing. is, you gonna hear the same type of narratives. Hey, if we trade this guy, you know, we'll be all right. Hey, if we mm-hmm. bench this guy, we'll be. You know, things will change. Mm-hmm. You know that he's yeah. gonna. You know, that would be like that's the start reality. Nobody goes to Boston for easier fans than Philly. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> No. And if we're going to be honest about it, in some ways, Boston can be rougher on, on NBA players specifically yeah. than other yep. cities. Yep, absolutely. And, and you got the whole thing of getting compared to Larry Bird every day. 
And because Larry Bird's, I'll be honest, listen, Boston has a, a, a racist fan base up there, too. That That's real. That's been complaining. Yeah, see, I was talking around that just now. But, yeah. It's, I, I feel comfortable saying it. I'm saying it, it is what it, it is. is, what um, it is yeah. If Boston wants to change that, that's on Boston to change that. And I hope Boston does change that. Um, I don't think he recognized that. And Chicago would be the same way. He, he has to just go to a place that's Sacramento would love him. Like, it's, mm. such, it's just so, such a small amount. Phoenix wouldn't want to hear that noise anymore. Not that Phoenix would be interested. Um, I don't think he realizes just how Dallas wouldn't be having it. Dallas wouldn't have it. Yep. Uh, the, the Pacers, I guess, Naptown probably would have it for a certain uh, point. But if you go to any place that has any real aspirations of winning, yeah. and, and then he had to report with Ramona Shelburne, oh, I want to go to a place to make mistakes. Man, you know how happy fans would have been if he was shooting and missing? You know how happy we'd be if he came back shooting and missing? We'd be overjoyed because we go, keep shooting, keep and shooting. eventually it'll get better. Not a single fan would be upset with him doing too much. And B tries to do too much all the time. And you know why we love him? Because we recognize, oh, he he couldn't do that before. What's that? Like, like when he first asked at that Euro step, added the Euro step, we were like, what? Sometimes, when did you add that? Like, Philadelphia fans like players getting better. Why would we not like him? You're going to make mistakes when you add something to your game. So, it, again, he talks to us like we're stupid. And that's, I think that's been the biggest issue. I think Ben Simmons thinks he's smarter than everybody. And I think he's learning through this that he's not. At what point in time do you ever expect Ben Simmons to speak for himself throughout this issue? Does Clutch Sports finally sit him down, whether it be somebody they trust, whether it be somebody, you know, somebody within ESPN that they trust will ask the right questions and Ben Simmons speaks for himself. When will we hear from Ben Simmons? So just to be clear, I'm making sure I heard JV's question properly. You want to know when Ben Simmons is going to sit down and have a conversation with Brian Windhorst. That's twice. Yep, that's what you're no, I mean, Windhorse, Shelbourne, somebody, Stephen A. I, you know, I don't know somebody. Won't be Stephen A. Because Stephen A. will ask real questions. Because um, mm-hmm. Stephen A. is as a journalist at heart still. Um, even though through a he'll he'll end up asking questions. I think it'll end up being All Star break when the All Star game's happening. Joel Embiid is there because um, he'll be voted. Um, Tobias Harris may or may not be there because he was borderline last year, and obviously he's not there. And that's also right around the trade deadline. So it all lines up. I think at that point, he'll have to speak for himself if he cares about playing basketball this season. Because, again, I truly believe if the Sixers do not get something that they like, they are prepared to go at least this season without it because all deals are easier in the offseason. And the other thing to that point, Simmons asking for a trade in a shortened offseason was also another miscalculation. Mm. Like, Like if they lose in the second round this year, it'll be like Mother's Day. Obviously, they lost in the second round this year. It was Father's Day. It's a full month later, a month yeah. plus later. It was a compact, and the season started on time. To ask for it in a compacted offseason is another misplay by him to want to get done fast. No, no. Next year, a full offseason, because, again, I don't think the Sixers will win the title without him. They would likely lose, like, in the second round to the Nets or the Bucks, because that's who they would play in the second round. If you're the 3-4 seed, you win the first round, then you play either the Bucks or the Nets. They would lose to the Bucks and Nets in the second round. No one would be overly upset about it because they'd be shorthanded without, you know, that player. And then you'd have from May the proper full time to trade him. And at that point, I think he would get moved. But the question is, would he get moved as a player with four years left on his deal or three years left on his deal? Because that will affect his free agency in a large way. And as a guy who's made all-star teams and he made all-NBA one time, that could definitely affect his Supermax money too. 
And that's mm-hmm. another thing that he has to recognize by not reporting. You put that in peril. And B just got a bunch of money just because he made All-NBA and had enough years left on his contract. He now is going to miss that window for the second time in his career. Mm-hmm. Come on, Ben. Like, I'm looking at Don't Steph Curry, who just signed his second contract of over $200 million. Mm-hmm. And Ben Simmons, with his All-Star and All-NBA appearances on his rookie deal, was setting himself on a pace to do similar things. But then now with this, he's about to take a significant hit in future earnings, at least over his next contract, the way it's looking. Right. And but, fumble back. And what does it do for any player? We don't know how they're going to wreck. We've seen it with the football players that sat out the COVID year. Some of them mm-hmm. have been able to bounce back, like Jamar Chase and Gainwell to a point here locally. Other guys have struggled. How does he react if he doesn't play a whole year of competitive basketball? How long does it then take him back to return to that level? We like to just assume, but it took Durant. It took Durant from that Achilles. That was an injury. He sat out a year. And then it Mm -hmm. took him pretty much all of last year to the playoffs before he became the the, the Durant again. And right now, this moment, he's the best player in the league. But Kevin Durant was a guy much more accomplished than Ben Simmons. He missed a year. And then it took him another full year after that. And he's Kevin Durant. How long will it take Ben Simmons to get back to being Ben Simmons if he just misses a year of basketball? That, that very good question. <laughs> you talk, I mean, you, I'm, I'm thinking back to, like, my youth just playing the high school and college ball. If I missed two weeks, I can feel the difference. Right. If I miss, if I miss three months, I got to rework my whole jump shot again. Like, my, my muscle memory is on. Mm-hmm. You miss a year, you – and a, a year for a player at what twenty five just turned twenty six. Yeah, like twenty six. Yep, he'll be twenty. He'll be twenty six. time. By, yep. by that time, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and everything you're talking you're about in, is physical. You're in physical. that. You're in that last little bit of window where, for an NBA player around twenty seven, is usually where you hit your basketball prime. Yep. These mm-hmm. should be those last couple of years where he's really polishing, adding things to his game to reach what where. He, the heights of where he could be coming up in the next year or two. And rather than taking advantage of that opportunity, he's sitting out watching Tyrese Maxey take all his minutes. And playing well so, with him, assuming mm-hmm. that position. You know, we had yeah, and- we, we had our doubts on this show about Tyrese Maxey. And, and mm-hmm. you know, Jonesy pointed out specifically just how, how can you run your offense through a Kentucky point guard? You know, I'm, I'm, I don't think I Kentucky point guards are they're, they're generally great six men, good for the six man role, attack guys, change of pace guys, mm-hmm. but historically they're not the best at running offenses. So yeah, not recently, yeah, not re- not recently, like well, under Calipari, under, Cal- Cal- under Coach Cal. history, not necessarily point yeah. guards, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was my one concern with Maxi. Like, how long will it take him to learn that ability to be able to actually play true point guard and run an offense? But he's showing promise, to the Sixers' though. credit, they have been playing a great style, good ball movement, and Maxi has fit in fairly. Of course, there's still room for improvement. He's a young player, but mm-hmm. he, I, I've liked what I've seen from Maxi thus far this year, which really makes me feel like. Ben Simmons is doing more damage to himself. Now the Sixers are like, we could still run our offense. You're on the shelf till we get what you want. He's the real loser. 
Yeah, um, when they had everybody, they had the number one offensive efficiency in the league. Mm-hmm. They never had the number one offensive efficiency with uh, Ben Simmons. They had number one defensive efficiency at times, not all the time, but they've had, they never had the, the best because they're playing five on five. And it also shows you, and this is part of the reason why, in hindsight, it's harder for me to blame Doc as much for that series because now I see what his offense is supposed to look like. And his offense is fine when Ben Simmons isn't out there. Mm-hmm. That offense is fine. Like, with with Maxie not being able to quote run an offense, they got Embiid doing stuff he's uncomfortable with, but he's a good enough player to do things he's uncomfortable with, and it leads to some turnovers. But now all of a sudden he's a guy you throw the ball to the guy who requires the most attention, and now look at all these open shots other people are getting, and that's what Ben Simmons could be feasting on, and it, by being open it, with an open shot, Maxie is able Curry, all these guys Tobias, they're all able to feast on open shots because you must double Embiid. If you don't double Embiid, you're a damn fool. And instead of taking advantage of that, he's sitting out, and then Doc Rivers goes, well, I got a big man who has to be doubled. Hey, Maxie, go be aggressive. And he's moving the ball, but he's be- a lot of times he's getting downhill and being aggressive, and look how well it works because he's smart enough to know if somebody then comes on to help, he finds the open man, and it simplifies the offense for him. So he doesn't have to really run. And B's really running it in that he's being asked to do the most. He's the one asking to do a lot of, pin- a lot of picks. He's-, he's asked to do the most. And then it allows everyone else to do it. But that's the advantage of playing with a great player. Yet in the offseason, Ben Simmons says he doesn't want to play with Joel Embiid. It doesn't look like anybody else is having trouble playing with him. It looked like the last four games they had trouble playing without him. But they didn't have any trouble playing with him. None of those guys did. Only Ben. So I'm supposed to blame Embiid for that? Yeah, I can't. I can't. And, and honestly, the only reason Ben has trouble playing with Embiid is because he won't shoot. And see, I have to say it that way because I can't. I cannot say that he can't shoot because he chooses not his to. Me- his mechanics are not. He doesn't have terrible mechanics. This is not Evan Turner. Like you remember, when Evan Turner came to Philly, and they, they, there was a friend of mine. They called. They called him in. Like we need you to come fix his jump shot. A guy I've known since high school, like big time mm-hmm. basketball player. But they called him. The Sixers called him. Like this is terrible. We got to do something with him. Like, mm-hmm. I remember Ben Simmons is not that. Mechanically, you know, his knee might his might be turned a little to the side, so he's not completely square. His elbow might be a little wide. But these are minor twits you can fix in a couple weeks Fish. if you're serious about it. Mm-hmm. And if you so, take enough shots, some of them will just go in. Like mm-hmm. like a lot of Rasheed Wallace, a guy we all know, those, that straight arm jumper that he would take when arms was too straight, you shoot a million of them, you know what they do? They still go in. Still going, he wasn't bending the elbow at all. But they were going in, and he became a, a, a really good jump shooter. If you shoot a million of them, it kind of, it, as long as you can get it off. Now, obviously, a smaller Sheed's player jump shot was Sheed's jump shot was inspiring. I used to. Right. <laughs> right. That was and, me. And, if you, and, he's, and Simmons six foot ten. And plays with an all-star. Yep. He'll get enough open looks. If you can get it off, if you shoot enough of them, even with the flaws, they'll go in because it's not exactly. a broken shot. Exactly. It's it's not so. a broken shot. So I, I, I do not understand the hesitation. And I, it hit me a, 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 like maybe a week or two ago. The way to bit fits Ben Simmons. This is going to sound crazy, but there's one person I think could act, Ben Simmons needs to talk to. Uh-oh. Beyonce. <laughs> Stay with me for a second, okay, I'm, I'm, because we're listening. Because, ge- because generally, basketball, basketball coaches, they tell you confidence, believe in yourself, you know, all these things. 
I think Ben Simmons may actually need to take more of a Beyonce approach where Just Beyonce, be when she goes on stage, she knows she's shy and demure. And in her mind, she has to become someone else. Mm-hmm. That's where that Sasha Fierce mentality comes from. Mm-hmm. And I actually know, like in college, basketball players who had to do the same thing. Like, I'm not me anymore. I'm that's this other guy who's mm-hmm. way more aggressive and all these other things. Brian Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Weapon he had to come at Weapon X. Yeah, because exactly. Brian Dawkins is a Christian who doesn't want to hurt a fly. Weapon X mm-hmm. will want to kill you. Yeah. Different exactly. player. Chad Johnson and Ocho Cinco. I think Ben Simmons may be one of those guys who needs to stop thinking more confidence in me and just accept that, okay, I maybe it's not my natural personality. I need to be somebody else on the court. And I don't know anyone who's tried that approach with Ben Simmons yet. That would be my approach. If, if someone sent them to me, that would be my approach. Can't rule it out. You know, they say that's what happened with Michael Jordan to a point. Only problem was, um, as the success came, the character overwhelmed it, and hence why you see on the on the last dance him not dressing in the locker room. He they mm-hmm. say he spoke to those security guys, the guy that did the pose. He spoke to him more than any of the teammates because he became that character. But on the court, look what it did for him. And exactly. I, I don't think that I don't think that that's actually that that crazy. But Beyonce had to recognize that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Dawkins had to recognize that. A lot of a lot of pro boxers have had to to think have to be like that. Uh, even Roy Jones Jr., who was an all time great, had to become and he he would fight to decisions and if, to knock somebody out and be vicious, he had to become. He called it RJ. It was a different thing. This is actually not that crazy at all. Um, he used to have to become RJ. I remember he fought Montel Griffin. He lost by DQ. He came back and said, "You're not fighting Roy Jones the next time. You're fighting RJ." He knocked him out in the first round. He came back different. And that was the whole point when uh, we talked about it on the radio. We said Ben Simmons can't come back, but it wasn't Ben Simmons. Couldn't, we said he couldn't come back the same. Yes. Correct. He needed to come back different. And, of course, he can come. Like, it was that Ben Simmons couldn't come back because we've seen how that Ben Simmons what, – what, we saw all of that. We know how this ends. And I think he just took it as I can't come back, not wrecking because he listens. He pays <laughs> attention. It wasn't mm-hmm. that he couldn't come back. It was that he couldn't come back the same. And if he would have done what you've done – you're not getting Ben Simmons. You're getting whatever you want to call it. This is different. Mm-hmm. Everybody would accept it. But I think he's just unable to get there because I think he thinks in a way that, in a, a lot of ways, I think he thinks he's perfect. That's why he said, I got to work on a lot of things. But the biggest quote was, after he didn't I shoot. I am who court, I am. I am who I am. It is what it is. After four straight fourth quarters in which you didn't shoot. No normal person says that. Mm. No, no normal, normal person, person that says that. look at that and be like, I, I fell short. I need to do better. That seems that seems like yeah. the like the standard like the stock answer. You don't have to put any preparation into that. Mm-hmm. You know what happened on the court. Yeah, I, I need to do better. And then you got the off season to work on it and come back better. Yep. This guy he just yeah. not, he this is a guy who just struggles with accountability. You know, mm-hmm. and he's never had mm-hmm. to be accountable. You know. At, at, he was always such – he he played at such a high level and expectations for him were so high, it didn't matter, you know, if they – you know, it almost didn't matter if they won or not because there was always a greater prize. But now you're at the highest level. Mm-hmm. It's not like Ben Simmons could just say, you know what, I don't need the NBA. I'm going to go win somewhere. There's no – you're going to go to the big three? 
You know, yeah, come on, right? It, it, it's like what 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 are you going to do here? You have he's now sitting here. He's looking at his situation, and you're looking at the way he's handling it. You're seeing the statements, whether it be from his agent, whether it be from him. You're, you're watching the fact that this team's now going on on a, what, a six game road trip without him. Mm-hmm. They, you know, as as we do this show, they in Utah right now. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons is at the crib. How does that make you know? If 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 you're on the team, how does that make you feel? You're all you're all star. Your all NBA player is at the, not injured, not hurt. You know, you know uh, issues that he put out there. You know his mental issues aside. Ben Simmons is at the crib mm-hmm. playing Call of Duty right now. Mm-hmm. Sixers are, you know, Sixers are in, in Utah. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you you just at some point in time, Ben Simmons is going to have to walk into a locker room, whether it be the Sixers or somebody else, and he's going to have to face play. Mm-hmm. I just don't get like, what do you say then? If you're Ben Simmons, what? How do you hope? You know, are you just not going to talk about it? What do you want to do? I, I, I don't know. I because this he's he's the most unique athlete ever. Yeah. Not just in Philadelphia ever. Um, there's never been a baseball player who refused to swing who might have a good swing. There's no. There's been players who had the yips and couldn't throw. We've seen, mm-hmm. but no, no, just not shooting. Um, we've never seen a hockey player who just wouldn't shoot. Like even hockey, you that, that that's never happened. Um, a football player who wouldn't catch, wouldn't mm-hmm. throw. Like like a a important part of his job, he just refuses to do. And then just because the Sixers asked him to do it, at the end of the day, all Doc Rivers said, all Joel Embiid said, all anybody said was, "You got to dunk the basketball when you're under the basket." That's all. That's all. I think if you pry everything away, all Embiid said was, "It was a one point game. It was a we we're down two. Ben could have tied it, or maybe got an and one by dunking. Instead, mm-hmm. Dival makes one of two, so now they're down one, and then there's a four point, a three, a four point play on the other end, and now we're playing, and the whole game changed. That's all he said. He didn't talk about his mama. He didn't talk. All he, even if you think he shouldn't have said in public, all he said was Ben Simmons should have dunked the ball. And that shook him to the point where all of this has happened. Therefore, I don't know how you react to that guy because I know that they're having more fun this year without him. I do know that part. I know that. Mm-hmm. But how do you talk to him in another locker room when you know if you say something that's just a truth, just a truth. Like if you guys said, if Tyrone, you weren't on the show, it would be more words for you guys to say. I am not going to get that. That would be a fact. That's just a truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and this is what, how he reacted to it. They, cause even what they said public, they didn't say he was late to practice. They didn't do, they didn't say anything other than Ben Simmons is a basketball player who should be better at basketball. And it broke him. So how do you talk to him in another locker room? If you know, if you ever bring up an actual flaw, a real flaw, not an opinion flaw. A real, like, mm-hmm. like, oh, you shoot too much. Well, that's relative because the reason I shoot, you get open looks from that because I get double team. Like, that's an opinion. I'm saying a a simple, just do this better, broke his brain. So what? where do you go from there? Like, I don't know how you talk to him in another locker room knowing that if you say, yeah, um, he should have dunked, that's what this leads He's to. Going I, out. Yeah. It's just there's nobody else like him in the world, in the world. 
it's bad. I, 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 I'm, I'm spinning my mind now trying to think of any kind of comparison. There isn't one. And there truly yeah. isn't one. There, there, there truly I, isn't one. And There's been players that complain about coaches throwing them under the bus, but that's in mm-hmm. um, this player had a great year, and then that one play, and that was all their fault. No, no, that's not what they said. What they said was is he, he had to dunk that because, like, it, it's the last two and a half minutes of a playoff game, game seven. Dunk. He's 6'10 under the rim with a guy who's 6'1 on him. Like, Trey Young is what, six feet one, six one maybe? And, and they think that stat padded. And yeah, they think that's that stat pattern. Like he, that, that's why I said maybe. I he, I hesitated to say six one. Like, and yet the Sixers are wrong, and that's why to your first question, ninety five percent. If you want to give three to Doc and two to Embiid, or three to Embiid and two to Doc, because for the public, mm-hmm. but they're also dealing with a heartbreaking game seven loss. We've seen how Joel Embiid reacts to losses. That yeah. Toronto loss yeah. broke him, but yeah. he came back. Better, better. Yeah. He came back better. Simmons has this reaction, and is I, I know everybody's not emotional that way, but stone faced. I gotta work on a lot of things, you know. Uh, it is what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. I am who I am, and then I want to be traded. I hate Doc Rivers. I hate Joel Embiid. I hate Philadelphia fans. What? It just seems this is just so odd. And, and the prop, and part of the problem is. People will say Joel Embiid threw Ben Simmons under the bus. Ben Simmons said the whole "it is what it is, I am who I am" first. Yep. After yep. that, after that series, and here's the thing: and if, if you want to, if you want to circle back that far, you look at that Sixers team that went against Toronto. That was a, mm-hmm. that 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 season ended with a great player making a great play. That yep. you know that that was Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. Ma- Kawhi Leonard, who was at that point playing at a clip where he was the best player in the league, the best player in the league making yep. an incredible play that only the best player in the league can make. That's how your season yep. ended. You didn't get outplayed. Mm-hmm. You didn't get, you, you know, you didn't, it wasn't like, mm-hmm. it wasn't other of of the second round losses that this team has had. Mm-hmm. That's the one you have the least problem with because it's Kawhi Leonard making a play at the end of a game seven at home on their way mm-hmm. to a championship. And it's a quadruple bounce for the a, shot to go. Exactly. And the Sixers gave him the toughest go. They, the Sixers gave him the toughest effort. They go with it five and five after that. They had to mm-hmm. go seven with the Sixers at home, and that game was that close to overtime. I mean, that close to overtime. We all could have accepted that, and we all did accept. Nobody came. Everybody was like, listen, you tip your cap. Like, sometimes, mm-hmm. like, and Embiid and Simmons weren't ready yet to play. Like, Ka- Kawhi had been there how many times with the Spurs before that? Yep. They, mm-hmm. they weren't even seasoned enough to do that. To, 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 they weren't, they just factually, factually weren't seasoned enough, and you yep. recognize that. Yep. They weren't ready for that. But, and since then, Embiid has gotten better every year. And, and Ben gotten, Simmons is the exact same player. Embiid's gotten better every year. Exactly. Right there, and B's gotten better every year. But you sit there and you look at that off season. What did they do that off season? They got they let Jimmy Butler walk. They traded Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler, saying, "Hey, you so know, they could keep Ben, Simmons. so they could keep Ben Simmons happy, <laughs> so they could keep Ben Simmons and keep Ben Simmons happy." So you're sitting mm-hmm. here when a team you had a Jimmy Butler, and I would have mm-hmm. loved a Jimmy Butler these last two seasons. Who would not have loved a Jimmy Butler? My whole thing was when. The part of what made accepting the end of that game easier for me, and I said it as soon as that game was over, 
Resign everybody, run it back. Mm-hmm. Bring everybody back, we run it back from there. Give me Jimmy, give me Tobias, give me Ben, give me Joe, we'll run it back. And JJ Reddick, because he left after that offseason. Yeah, yeah. Bring it, yep, bring, bring every, it back. Yep. Bring it back, let's run it back. They like I got run it back t-shirts made. I got run it back t-shirts made. To wear it on outside, I was, I was like, yeah, yeah, let's run yeah. it back. But you, Jimmy, you trade Jimmy away because Jimmy couldn't, you know, because Jimmy didn't want to play with Ben, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever. But the bottom line is, letting Jimmy walk is the Sixers saying to Ben Simmons, "Hey, you're our guy. We believe in you." Ben then gets his money. Ben gets paid. You're looking at this. All you've had. What have they done? How has this team shown that they don't want him? How did we get here after a series like Atlanta? In a moment of honesty, Doc Rivers said the words, I don't know. He didn't say, no, I can't win with this guy. He said, I he don't said, know. You asked him if you could win with a guy who's never won a title. So he gives an honest answer and says, I don't know. Didn't, didn't say you got to get rid of him. I don't want him here. I hate this guy. I don't know. Saying I don't know about a guy who's never won anything doesn't seem like it should be that offensive. And I guess you could be mad in the moment, but he apparently is still mad months later. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know how much energy it takes to be mad about something somebody said that many months later? <laughs> like, if it was like, I'm saying like that many months later, you're still mad about it? Like, it, it's just, it's, it's, it just shows you the, the level of immaturity. Especially, and, especially a guy who, a guy who doesn't truly have an issue with you. It's one mm-hmm. thing. All right, let's say, Ty, you say something I disagree with, and I just mm-hmm. take it personally, personally, personally. But it's mm-hmm. like, if you at any other time, you're like, hey man, the Bull Browns are all right. You know, I ain't got no issue with Brown. He's cool. I, you know, I, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I like talking to him. He says whatever. You know, we cool. Mm-hmm. It's not like Doc Rivers is just going on this rant every. T- like, like, like he hates Ben. He gave an honest. Doc answer. Rivers actually, to some point, I feel like he may have enabled Simmons too much, coddled him too much, and yeah. having his supporting him to the almost like where he should have been a little heavier handed during the year last year. And he would sit back, well, you know, you don't see what I see, and think just to never bash Ben publicly, and then the one moment he says, "I don't know." Now he's got to go. Ben is, ben and, is too fragile to take that. Right, and and the killer part is apparently privately, uh, Doc had told Simmons everything about his game that he needed to hear privately, but never ever slipped up. Not one time he came. One time he was on with Mike, and Mike brought up the shooting at least ten times, and all mm-hmm. ten times Doc said, "I don't care how we get our points as long as we win. I don't care. Um, I'm about creating shots." He said that, although in private, apparently. So he was mm-hmm. telling Simmons all the time, and apparently Simmons didn't like that. But he was telling him in private all the time. So when he heard the I don't know, we didn't know what he had said to Ben in private, but Ben did. Uh-huh. Ben knows this dude had been telling you from, because he was hired late, obviously it was a shortened season, from December to June. He was telling you every day what you needed to do. And then the I don't know, he told you in private way worse than that. He told him about the, the lack of offense, how he needed to shoot. Um, mm-hmm. apparently he said the same thing about he needs to be shooting a three every every game so that people have to guard him from out there. But Brown said that publicly. Apparently Doc mm-hmm. took, said all of that in private. So when he 
the backdrop of the I don't know should have hit him with, well, that's just Coach saying he's not, he's basically saying, I don't know if he's going to listen to me. Because he's been telling me in private, and so has Sam Cassell been telling me in private, mm-hmm. I have to get better. So the I don't know is, I don't, the I don't know is, basically, if he's basically saying if he listens. And he has to know that. We're not going to know that, but he has to know that. And instead, mm-hmm. he acts like it's the worst thing in the world. And this is where um, I'm concerned about him in his life outside of basketball yeah. because guys in my experience with with young men young black men whatever it might be whether it's coaching aau whether it's just living in the world yep. people who you can't say no to ever eventually end up doing something bad mm-hmm. i'm not wishing that on i'm saying that you talk about anybody who's never been told no in their life yep. with a lot of money eventually mistakes are made because that's, you all, and that's a scary part for a guy to have that much money and be this resistance to any form of criticism. It's 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 troubling. You like I, I know he's not a big drinker, like the rug mm-hmm. situation, but that's how that kind of stuff happens. Where a person likes driving fast, no one's telling him he shouldn't be driving fast, and next thing you know, he's drunk driving fast, and boom, somebody loses their life. Um, you just switch out whatever. We all have a vice. We all have a thing that if we're left to our own devices, we're going to do this. And there's people in our ears, in our lives, whether it was our parents, whether it's a spouse. I know we're all married. Whatever it is, it's somebody that says, dog, you got stop. Yeah. And you have to listen to him. And if you don't have that person and you and apparently he doesn't, it's scary. And I'm really concerned about his life going forward if he doesn't recognize that he's not perfect. And people are going to not like certain things, and you have to be able to take that in stride and just keep cashing those checks. It's just, I'm, I'm concerned about that as just a larger thing. And I'm not wishing on him. I don't think he's going to kill some. I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. saying mistakes will be made in life if a 25-year-old already thinks they have it all figured out and nobody can tell them anything. Yeah. Mistakes will be made. That, I mean, and that's just it because, you know, we're all married. We're all, and also, we've all been 25. You know, mm-hmm. When, mm-hmm. and when we were, t- when I was twenty five, I thought I knew everything too. Like, you know, and, and, oh, that, that is, you know, it is what it is. Yep. And I was, and I was broke. I ain't had nothing. I was broke. I was broke. Right? I was broke when mm-hmm. I, I was twenty five, and you couldn't tell me nothing. You know, right. Ben out here got Lamborghinis, got Ferrari. I was driving a, a, a Honda Passport, and you couldn't tell me nothing. But mm-hmm. I mean, but it's but it to to your point, you know that that's real. That's real. This is a guy who just who can't be told no, doesn't want to be told no, can't be held accountable, refuses you know refuses accountability at every step. Whereas mm-hmm. you know, and and unfortunately, you see this with public figures. You see this with people. There's always going to be someone who wants to take that. There's always a contrarian. There's always somebody mm-hmm. that just just has to take that opposite. So you hear mm-hmm. it, you know, the this is Maury's fault, this is the Sixers' fault, oh, they should have done this, oh, Doc threw him under the bus. How did he throw him under the bus? You know, the, I don't know. I, I, when? What, what bus? It's the worst bus of all time. No. This didn't happen. You know, no. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's, it's just, unfortunately, because it's only November. Mm-hmm. And everybody's dug in. Nobody, you know, yep. this ain't going nowhere. So I hope, so Ty, I hope you got a couple more evenings free. We might have to bring you back over here to talk about, 
to talk about no, it. No, I love talking to you guys. And, and you know, the, the, just the thing, I hope that anybody that's listening to this that is a younger person, because um, we all thought that, I'm saying, but we all had somebody yep. who wasn't going to take no for an answer from us. Yeah. So we, mm-hmm. they can say something, we say, no, no, no. And they can say, we yep. say, no, no, no. But they were going to keep on telling us yep. until we either messed up and they went with the, I told you so, I told like about, exactly. or, or we eventually had to listen to him. And I just hope that, because um, obviously Ben's one-on-one, but I think there's lessons that everyone can take yeah. from his yeah. plight that doing it his way, look what it's gotten him this year. The world, the league didn't stop. The world's moving on. Steph Curry and them is playing and like, like, like everybody's going to just keep going. Exactly. And exactly. like, if you have that biggest sense of importance, I just, I just, I, I mean, one day there's going to be a book ball. about this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's going to be a book about this eventually. And whoever writes it, and there might even be a movie about it, because this is... Yo, th- yeah, this is this is a 30 for 30. This is a 30 for yeah. 30. Ty, you going to be in it. I know it. If there's a 30 for 30 on Ben Simmons, Ty, you going to be in this, man. I hope so, because I, I just can't imagine. But I do think this gets done. I don't think it's going to lead to the whole year, but I think Simmons is going to have to give a little. For it to get done, if he keeps acting the way he's acting right now, nothing's gonna happen all year long. Only time will tell, but I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Real quick, Ty, break it down, man. Look, where can people reach you? How can people get in contact with you? We know, we know where we can where we can hear you every day, but let people know how they can get in contact with you. Yeah, on Twitter, you can hit me at, uh, at Ty Johnson News. I appreciate that, everybody. Um, obviously, the Mike Missinelli Show, 2 to 6, Monday through Friday on 97 Fighter Fanatic and NBC Sports Philadelphia. And on Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon, Tyrone Johnson Show. You can reach me there solo as well. And then Sixers Outsiders after uh, most 76ers games after Sixers Pro Game Live on NBC Sports Philadelphia. So I like to keep busy, and I appreciate all the love. That's right. That's right. That's right, man. And we and I, uh, we we appreciate you, man. We appreciate you. Uh, appreciate, man, you know what I you do, do in this city, man. Absolutely, and, and out of pure respect for you, I went this entire show without saying that Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player that ever lived. You know what? Like, I don't want to get into that right now. Like, it's, like, like it's fine. I don't think people that say that are wrong. Like. But they're wrong. Like, <laughs> like, like they're, they're like they're not wrong, but they're wrong. And um, the ch- but the church of Jordan will never stop. But I also think that um, the biggest issue is we. I have LeBron one, but I'm also open at like let's say a Luca. I'm just giving a younger player could pass him. I'm saying that this Absolutely. is a liquid thing that's always changing, and I feel like a lot of old 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 school mentality people lock in on a player, like because there's people who still say will. And they'll never change. Even though Kareem came along and got all those titles and all the points, they don't and, even bother for Wilt. And Wilt himself <laughs> said he he had trouble. He couldn't guard Kareem. But, so that that's the thing. People just okay. dig in on this thing so much that it just makes it impossible. But I think we okay. all need to have an open mind that there might be somebody in middle school right now that's going to be better than everybody. Better than all of them. And then there's somebody that's who hasn't been born that's going to be better than all of them. And one day you're going to have somebody who does everything LeBron does, only they're seven foot. And then there's gonna be, and then there's gonna be somebody who does everything LeBron was seven foot, and then he's big, <laughs> like like LeBron at seven foot, and it's just gonna keep on going. And I don't think we leave enough room for that. I, I'm just scared of when we get a Kevin Durant that's built like LeBron, then it's over. Well, it's over. <laughs> it's over. At that point, it's over. I can't believe I can't believe you mm-hmm. looked at the time and then so, you 
Jonesy, you looked at the time and it decided mm-hmm. that was the moment that you were going to bring up Jordan. <coughs> he told me before the show, he's like, I'm going to need you like, to not go there. I know, it's like, I know we got Tyoid. You know where he stands. And for me, I, I just like to fan that claim. <coughs> You know, it's, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm. You hear what he said over there? Yeah, you heard him. Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm the one over there. As soon as somebody, as soon as somebody makes a post on Twitter, suggesting anybody could be better than, than 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 Jordan, first thing I do is tag Jonesy. Like Jonesy, you see this, right? Jonesy, you see what he's saying. Jonesy, you nice. It's time for you to go in, Jonesy. Jonesy, go ahead, get him. Give him the smoke, please. In all, in all fairness. LeBron James is the only person I ever even thought it was worth a conversation. Because I have, I have, whichever order I have, the two of them is one and two. One of them, I think, was a, sl- a little bit more skilled. The other one, I think, is a much better athlete. And then it kind of leads to what's your preference? Because mm-hmm. if I'm talking technical things like footwork, playing off the ball, catch and shoot, moving without the ball, the edge definitely goes to Jordan. But if I'm talking about what you could do physically, your size, your strength, rebounding defensively, what LeBron, LeBron's athleticism and build allows him to do, that even though he may not have the type of footwork and such that Jordan had, it still allows him to have a great impact on the game, especially with the type of IQ he has. So I, I do actually think it's a, a legitimate discussion, unlike I've ever thought with anyone else. But... I just think it's fun to, you know, because people on either side, people get so dug in and so mm-hmm. emotional that it's easy to push people's buttons in that conversation. You, you, hear, what, you hear what he just said? It's easy mm-hmm. to push people's buttons. People get so dug in. He's not talking about him. He's not talking about himself. Although I've sat here and watched him <laughs> get emotional. I've watched him dig him, dig into these That's conversations. Above it all. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> and honestly, there's times we never, as like a rule to never bring that up on the radio. Uh-huh. And it comes mm-hmm. up because other people bring it up. And the reason you don't bring it up is because it's a conversation where it never ends. Like you, mm-hmm. like you get stuck there. Face, but it just gets stuck and that becomes the whole thing. But literally, there was one time where I said, as an aside, that rip, saying someone's the second best basketball player to ever live is not an insult. Yep. And for an hour, people called me to tell me that it was. I said, of everyone ever born, saying a person's the second best person to do any, second best truck driver, second best anything to ever, listen, the earth's been around that's a long time. That's a high compliment. Strong praise. And, and I just did that as an aside in the middle of a phone call. And for an hour, my topic was gone. Mm-hmm. And it was just that. Like it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I, I I too I try not to debate or even engage these conversations with Jonesy, and it gets to the point where it's like you can't even talk about like I won't say all right who's number one, two, or three, you know, but my whole thing will be like okay, there's a convers you can have the conversation. We're not having this conversation now, but you can you can have one, and that'll set Jonesy up. No, you can't. There are a couple conversations that'll get me riled up. And JB likes to go to all of them. Whatever, like, man. You know, like he's, his favorite one is my list of point guards that I believe you could never win with. I, I maintain a list of starting point guards in the NBA I don't believe you'll ever win a championship with. Uh, we're running out of time. Exactly. <laughs> but hit, yeah, me, exactly. But hit me with like two of them real fast. I, I, I'll, give you th- I'll give you three real quick. Rep. Russell okay. Westbrook. John uh-huh. Wall, Kyrie Irving. You'll never win with them playing your starting point guard. 
And people say, well, Kyrie won. LeBron took over the ball handling point guard duties when they won the championship. Kyrie went off the ball. Well, Westbrook will be the test this year. As mm-hmm. LeBron gets older, the thinking was, will Westbrook take more of those duties? We'll find out because he's already been mm-hmm. hurt this year. That's going to be the tell. If they do it, and, he, mm-hmm. and LeBron does have to defer and become a become he's because he's become such a good spot up shooter. Mm-hmm. Well, that will be the test. We'll, but we'll Wall's, Wall's not going to play, and Kyrie's not going to play. So that one mm-hmm. will be put to the test come May and June we'll for see. the Lakers to see if they can figure it out. There you go. We'll look, man. See, I'm, I'm stepping. In. I'm gonna be the mature one <laughs> and step in. Because we could go all night. Ty, thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Oh man. No, no, thank you guys. So, no, thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Can't wait to do it again. And um if obviously I don't think we'll be on between it. Y'all have a great Thanksgiving. All right. Thank you. Oh, Appreciate thank you, you, you man. Too. All right. Once again, that is Ty Johnson from ninety seven five the fanatic. We appreciate that good brother, man. That was that was a good all right, man. that was good conversation. That was good fun. conversation, man. Hey, just remember let us know what you think of this podcast. Hit us up. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Jonesy and Brown. Also, you can reach us at BITW Sports. And remember, you can download this podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. Just search Best in the World Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Mike Jones. I am John Brown. Uh, enjoy the sports this weekend. Sixers on the West Coast, a lot of late games. So, you know, get your coffee or do whatever you got to do. Uh, Eagles. So that one tips off about an hour from now. Yes, sir. Eagles got a Saints. One o'clock game. Eagles got the Saints. Eagles got the Saints. Four o'clock games this season. I'm, I'm happy with that. All right. So hopefully we'll get a, a Green Over Everything podcast over the weekend. So we'll talk about Eagles and Saints. And that's it for us. We out of here, y'all. Y'all have a great week. Enjoy the sports. He's Jonesy. Peace. I'm Brown. Peace, y'all. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best of the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown.